Hey, welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist. So as I'm recording this, it's Thanksgiving week. And like everyone else, I've been thinking about gratitude. So I decided that that's what we're going to focus on this week. It's so good to have a specific time of year to focus on things that we're thankful for. It reminds us that gratitude is important all the time, no matter what our circumstances. It's just good for us to turn our minds toward things that we're grateful for. And gratitude seriously makes us better people. So this week, I'm sharing two different interviews that I did on gratitude with two different therapists. And I'm doing a bonus episode on the essential oil blend gratitude. That oil blend is one of my favorites. It really is. I know I say that about a lot of them, but this one's it really is one of my top favorites. So today we're sharing a conversation I had with Dr. Minije Bodurian Turner. Dr. Minije lives with her family in California and she's a licensed psychologist. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of California. She got a master's degree in psychology from Pepperdine University and a doctoral degree in clinical psychology from the California School of Professional Psychology. Dr. Minije uses cognitive behavioral therapy as a model for her practice. CBT looks at how our thoughts affect our emotions, which in turn affect our behaviors. And this is one of the reasons that she is such a great person to talk about gratitude. Changing our thoughts from negative, me-focused thinking, to thankfulness and gratitude can really be a game changer for us. So I know you're going to love all that she has to say and take away a valuable and practical action plan. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Minijay, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm excited about our conversation that we're going to have, and we're going to talk about gratitude today. So I'm very grateful that you are here. Thank you so much for having me. I was just going to say that was going to be my line for <laughs> thankful to be here. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. We're going to be talking about gratitude and um, thankfulness and all the things that that does for our brain and our body and our relationships and all of that. But before we jump into that, I want you to tell us about yourself a little bit, uh, where you live, your family, anything else you want to share with us. So my name is Dr. Minishe. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Los Angeles, California, but I am originally from Istanbul, Turkey. So mm -hmm. I moved here in 98 with my family. And now I have a family of my own. I live with my husband and our almost 
four-year-old daughter and it's it's kind of funny with the pandemic you know there's what you you what you used to do has changed um so we're trying to make the most of it here it's it's a lot of spending time in in my daughter's playroom Uh outside and my you know my holiday decoration is my annual hobby at this time of the year I just love decorating for the holidays Oh, it's so fun. I don't know about everybody else, but I have wanted to decorate, like, I think in August. (laughs) Yes. Maybe it's just we want something to, you know, something happy around us, or maybe it's because we want the year to be over. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's a little of both of those things. But yeah, I've also had this decoration fever a little bit more than normal, actually. I think so. I think a lot of people felt like they wanted the holidays to come around because it's often a joyous time. But yeah. I'm also guilty after like the Christmas ho- you know, holiday decoration I put up. I don't want to p- take them down. Like I can no. just let it just go on. Yeah. Tell about Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then I switch it with some hearts and comes, you know, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's true. So um, I'm glad to hear that somebody else is also having that kind of fever to do that. So um, I am asking everybody this season, all of my guests, because you're all therapists, why you became a therapist. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? It's, it's something I, I, I always wondered because it's such, it's tied around so much about Mm. me moving here. Mm -hmm. And I actually moved here two weeks before turning 15. And it never, mm. you know, I always feel puzzled by what, it, what is, you know, timing of how impactful that was for me. And so I just always found myself noticing, you know, how, and I never moved another country before. So I went from the country I was born to America. So it was, it was such an interesting time to see the differences in people mm-hmm. and, you know, different language. Of course, I knew English before coming in here, but like difference of culture and interaction. And it really was a personal time for me where I had to study people mm-hmm. in order for me to fit in, right? I had to study people in order to, it was kind of like my an anxiety of the unknown that I had to figure out the culture, figure out what the cool people do and everything around it that I think it just kind of became my coping skill to understand people and understand where they're coming from and what makes them who they are, um, that I just can't help but feel like it just tied so much into how I came to be a therapist that, you know, my career is about understanding people and connecting with them and listening to their story mm-hmm. and figuring out how their life has shaped them. It was quite a skill that you gained, right? Like people don't always have that skill. Yeah. And you have yeah, to I probably think, for survival a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. I think, again, there are some life experiences that shapes you in that direction. That's why I feel like moving here was such a, a pivotal point for me. Absolutely. So you became a therapist. Did you have kind of a vision of what your career was going to look like, what your practice would look like, who you were going to serve? I didn't. Uh-huh. I did not. And I now get to use it to my advantage when Mm -hmm. I work with people who feel lost or, you know, don't know what they want to do with their lives. I can now comfortably and confidently share my story that all I did was actually just take the next step. So I studied psychology in college. I took psych 101. And all I thought was, this is really interesting. This is something I'd be interested to learn for the next four years of my life. 
So that's how I went through a bachelor's. And then I, and then I worked with kids with autism for nine years. And then I worked in a, a drug and alcohol treatment center for five years. So my career always changed and it may look messy or disorganized for some people that it wasn't like straight line. But to me, what I gained and what I often encourage people to do is don't put so much pressure to figure out where you're going to be three years from now or where you're going to be five years from now, because that can be so daunting. Mm -hmm. Just figure out like, what am I authentically, you know, passionate about and truly care about to be involved in. And that's how it really evolved for me to become a a therapist as, as an occupation, as a profession. I really like that story because it's very similar to my story. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people, as they're going toward what they, you know, what they want, or even trying to figure out what they want, right, that they think that there's supposed to be some linear progression of how things are going to go. And if they don't do that, that it doesn't turn out, it's not going to turn out right or something. But I think it's very messy most of the time. Yes, I really like that. And let me be honest with uh, with you. It took a lot of therapy for me to embrace my messy career path, <laughs> but <laughs> I got to a point where I got to love it for what it is. I love that. Thanks for sharing that story. Okay, we're going to talk about gratitude today. So, as we get started with that, I would love for you to define what you think gratitude is. And maybe some misconceptions of what gratitude is and like what it is not. So let's, let's think of like words that come up when we think of gratitude. And by definition, it means to be thankful. It's to practice thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And I think people think that sometimes practicing thankfulness feels fake because they might have some, you know, mm-hmm still hurt or sadness or loneliness inside of them. So they think I must get to a happy place in order to practice thankfulness. Mm -hmm. You know, I have so much pain and I'm so hurt and I'm so, you know, scared. I am feeling so lost and confused that thankfulness just doesn't feel right. So I I think what we don't do is we don't let those two things coexist, Mm -hmm. that we can practice gratitude while we also feel Again, super stressed from the pandemic or super lost about our lives or lonely. Um, I also think that there's a misconception that the gratitude is like bragging about yourself or Mm. it's about like, let me list all the wonderful things I have. I have a nice car and I have a daughter, you know, and, you know, I was able to have a child. I was able to become a parent. So I think it can feel like we are bragging about what we have good going on for ourselves or it's about like naming my good fortune. And that's so, it's not modest. I grew up in a humble, one might say, I grew up in a humble, you know, t- teachings from my church or from where I grew up. So this feels too, too arrogant. It feels too narcissistic to name all the good things going mm-hmm. on in my life. And obviously that's what I think gets in the way from practicing gratitude because I think of it as celebration. Mm. I think of gratitude as me hugging my life and hugging everything. Like I hug my daughter, right? Because I love her. And she goes like, mommy, you hug too much. (laughs) And it's a running joke in the house that, you know, she always says I hug her too much. Um, She's only four years old. So that's obviously why I don't (laughs) hug a teenager. Well, you might have to still, even when she's a teenager, it's okay. (laughs) I know then she really won't let me, but yes, I'm sure I would (laughs) want to. Um, 
And so to me, gratitude is that kind of like embracing and hugging and owning and, and, and just holding my life and holding the things that matters to me. Um, and along with that, I, I would say, think of when you think of gratitude, think of things that add meaning to your life. Um, think of things that makes, you know, add meanings and direction and purpose to your life. Because I think that's what, again, what makes gratitude so rich. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I think of gratitude, too, is just focusing on something that is positive and something that is adding value to your life. And you're, and you're just changing your, your mindset to look at it to you know, embrace it, but to also just to look at it and say, here it is in my life. How fortunate, right? That's, yeah, th- I love those words. That's great. I, and I just love what you said about, you know, that direction, because that to me feels a lot of willingness. You know, I have to have willingness to pay attention to things which again, that's where I wonder sometimes what gets in the way from people practicing gratitude is this kind of confusion that if I redirect my attention to what's going well, I am, you know, not feeling my sadness. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's untrue that I'm also lost and confused, but it's, it's that willingness to also pay attention to another part of your life and recognizing it. Uh, validating it through naming it. Like mm-hmm. I am thankful for my family, my health. Yeah, I like that. And so that you can have both and you don't have to have one or right. Or like one, either this or that you can have both of them at the same time. And they're both valid, both experiences. Yeah. Yes. I yes. Like so why do you think you know, I'm sure you talk about gratitude with your with your clients um, and you're, you know, practicing gratitude in your own life. Why have you seen, even in your experience, that like cultivating gratitude in our life is important for our mental health, for our emotional well-being, right? Why is it so important? I think of it like it's a protector. Mm. I think of gratitude as it's a protecting my mental health and it balances things out for me. Mm-hmm. When we talk about, you know, that instead of or having that end dialectical thinking, what we're really talking about is having balanced perspective in life mm-hmm. and, and, and having the wisdom and clarity to hold both ends of our experiences together. So gratitude, I think, helps with the balance because we can, that there's that negativity bias in our brain where it looks for threats and it looks for what's missing and it looks for what can go wrong to protect us, I mean, to keep, so, keep us safe. But that negativity bias can be very debilitating. So that gratitude comes as a balance, like this weight that says, hold on, you're out of balance. I got to keep you more balanced. And I think gratitude you know, when I name what gives me more meaning, it actually, it's like this beautiful cycle where I name what gives me more, what gives my life meaning and I give thanks to it, then that meaning is amplified. Like I Mm -hmm. almost get more meaning out of my life when I practice gratitude. Yes. Um, And I also want to say, I don't know if I'm kind of jumping too far ahead, but 
so I do my gratitude, um, gratitude journaling in the morning. And that's one of the things I often recommend people to use a prompt. Mm -hmm. And so I have like old school paper and pen. I still love reading books. I can't do a Kindle. Like I need to feel the papers. I write my, I write my gratitude every morning, five things that I'm grateful for. And I never judge myself. Like if it's my, you know, like I, my husband got me a laptop for a new laptop for my birthday last month. Like I put it there. Okay. Cause I love my new laptop. (laughs) So I'm thankful for things like that. I don't judge myself for what needs to be going there. Right. There's no should, there's no like a good person will be grateful for these. Like, no, I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to be right what I'm thankful for today. Like, I'm thankful my daughter's going to go to daycare and I'm just going to be able to, to do yes. this thing. Um, and I think we don't use our gratitude rate later on in our day. So coming back to how it helps with our mental health, if I say I'm grateful for my family, then come around 3 o'clock or 6 p.m., I'm tired I can remember what I'm grateful for to be more in the present moment. Yes. And when you're intentional, right, about having that practice of I'm going to think about what I'm really grateful for, then it comes back to us so much faster. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. That's really good. So, you know, I, I have read, actually in this brain scanning study about about gratitude that gratitude and the experience of gratitude right in our bodies and our brains and how we experience gratitude so when we are experiencing gratitude and when we are experiencing depression okay so if you experience the the feeling of depression and the feeling of gratitude actually lives in the exact same place in our brain, Mm. but you can only have one on at a time. So it's, it's fascinating to me about this whole brain studies because in brain scans, because you can see these things and like, it's not just people saying things, this is actual biology, right? And when we choose and we have intentionality around experiencing and thinking about and bringing up in our life the gratitude that we have for specific things, our computer or whatever, right? Then it turns off the experience of depression for that moment. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not even clinically depressed, right? It just means that one moment in time, you aren't experiencing depression. It's powerful. It's very powerful. It's so powerful. And it's, I mean, it's obviously one of the most, you know, consistent thing we know about practice of gratitude, that it improves our mood, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it improves our immune system along with it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's, it's like, it's very fulfilling, right? If I, I just had this vision of like filling up my cup. Oh, I like um, that. And that's what I feel like gratitude does. It fills up that cup or think of it as recharging your batteries. Yes, I like that. Okay, you talked a little bit about a gratitude journal and that you do that, that you have your own personal practice of gratitude every day. And I love that. I'm very uh, sporadic at doing that intentionally. (laughs) So it's encouraging to me to say, okay, I I need to do that more regularly. I tend to be a little more sporadic at that. 
But I would love to know if you have found other things that you yourself personally use to help cultivate gratitude in your life or that you, that you suggest for your clients. I think there are so many ways, you know, when we talk about gratitude, it's important to like, we, we discuss what does it mean for us? Because if we have some, um, contradictory beliefs about gratitude, like it's about bragging about my life or it's too selfish. You know, I, I can't, you know, sit down and talk about every great thing that's going. And cause there are some people who believe in the energy and they believe, you know, like it'd be bad karma. Like if I, you know, brag about it and talk about it and God forbid, write on a piece of paper, then I might lose it. And, it, and again, it's not a disrespect or a challenge of these beliefs. It's more a conversation about checking in with yourself and asking yourself, is there any like beliefs I'm holding on to that might get in the way from my gratitude practice mm-hmm. that you really want to probably sit with, explore and modify to the extent that that is best for you. The other thing about gratitude is that to me, it's also like a self-care act and a self-love act. So you do have to have a commitment that if speaking of cup being full, like if I am not well, I'm not going to be well for my husband. I'm not going to be well for my daughter. And I'm not going to be well for the people that are coming to me for therapy. Mm -hmm. And so in order for me to be well, you know, I have to value self-care. I have to value self-love. And then the gratitude will be part of that discussion or the gratitude will be part of that routine. Mm. Um, So I do think that we have to value self-love in order to make gratitude part of our lives. We have to value self-care in order to make gratitude a necessity, not a luxury. Mm -hmm. I like that, that it is a necessity and not a luxury because it does balance us, right? Like, just like you said, It creates this balance in our life. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking also that sometimes people, again, back to the dialectical thinking, right, that sometimes people will say, um, I have this terrible thing going on in my family, for example. And so then if you have, if you're prompted somehow to say, what are you grateful for in your family, then it somehow disregards the experience that is bad. And so I can't be, I can't focus on the gratefulness for my family or this one person, my husband or whoever, because I'm just so mad right now. And he did this terrible thing or whatever it is. Right. And so, or, or my house, my house is a mess. So how can I be grateful for it? Or it's falling apart or whatever those, those things are. And so finding things that you're grateful for, it takes work. And it doesn't disregard the other things, but it sure takes work to look for the positive, right? And the things that you value in that. Yeah. I think that is so true. And I'm sure many of us are guilty of that. Uh, You know, those examples you gave are, you know, very relatable. And what it made me think of is how often we criticize ourselves and other people. Mm-hmm. So gratitude is about compassion. Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's very true. Because because we criticize, right? Oh, my house is so such a mess. I, uh, I just you know I am so pathetic. I can I don't know how to you know uh, keep it well. What's wrong with me? I'm just such an idiot. Mm-hmm. We have that internal dialogue a lot of yes. times. Yes. 
So yeah. that dialogue gets in the way from having gratitude. So mm-hmm. it's it's almost like we then also have to tackle the self-judgment, self-criticism, boost that self-compassion so that the gratitude can come in. Mm-hmm. And I know, at least for me, and I'm sure everybody else, it's very easy to say, well, I'm really thankful for my kitchen, but, right, like this big mm-hmm. but right there. <laughs> I'm really thankful for my kitchen, but it's just so hard to keep clean. Like, I'm thankful for my, you know, car, but uh, it just takes so much gas or whatever it is, you know. And so staying with the gratitude and giving it the time that it it deserves and honoring that I think is is hard to do. It's like we can say to do that, but it's it's a hard thing sometimes. Yeah. It's again, those are such great examples because we think I can't be truly grateful for my kitchen if I leave it so messy. So we let our actions dismiss the feeling of gratitude that might be there. Mm. So we have to be able to separate the two and say, I am grateful for my kitchen. My actions doesn't necessarily take away the gratitude I feel. And once we kind of like actually separate those two things, and let the gratitude again exist, come up, come in, then actually that will hopefully change the action the next day. Uh, Maybe not the next day, but three days later. Sure. Three three days of saying, I'm grateful for my kitchen. I'm grateful for my kitchen. I'm grateful for my kitchen. I do believe, and again, that's what I think research has shown the effectiveness of gratitude because it does change our behavior. It changes how we show up. Yes, it's, it really does. I, I'm glad you you talked about that a little bit. Okay. Um, we talked about some tangible things. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about uh, gratitude journaling? I know that's a thing out there. And if you look on Pinterest, you're going to find 800,000 um, <laughs> posts about gratitude journals. Um, so just talk a little bit about that. So my number one thing to suggest where I want to start is I have to give my opinion, right? Like yeah. you can't wing it. Okay. Whenever you're doing something new, like one of the things aside from gratitude, I often have my clients do is meditation. And I'm talking about like three minute breathing meditation, if that's all you can do. And so I think it's incredibly important that you need to schedule it. Okay. You need to be honest with yourself and tell, give me an uninterrupted three minutes of your day where you can sit down and do your gratitude. So you must, must, must have a time and place you're going to do it. And you can, like I said, there's wonderful journals. I mean, the the choices are endless. Or there is apps on on my phone, which I use briefly. I I ended up not, you know, using it, but that's an option. There's one that if I, can I share the names of some apps? Oh yes, please do. So the one that I love is called the five minute journal. And you can have it on your app. It's only $5 to purchase it. And everybody has access to their phone a little too much, but (laughs) we do. Um, And so in there, it asks you to name three things you're grateful for every morning. So use an app, use use a journal, a hard copy journal, and have a time and place that, again, you have privacy, you have uninterrupted moment to yourself. And again, one of my routines is that I journal my gratitude. I write down my three things, a few things I'm grateful for after I do my morning meditation, which is just 10 minutes. That's all I can do. So to me, that's also helpful because meditating and 
again, just for 10 minutes, um, really helps me feel more grounded. And speaking of like that part of our brain or that part mm-hmm. of our soul, I am now connected to that place and now can do gratitude journaling through that, you know, after, authentic place. Yeah. After you've already been grounded. Yes. Yes. I so like I think that. we do have to pay attention to our emotional state. Like you can't write your gratitude journal while you're rushing. You can't do it if there's an inner dialogue that says, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, or I just need to get this over with. You can't like that just not going to make it work. So sometimes people are like, well, it doesn't work. Gratitude doesn't change my life. I don't get anything out of it when I'm like, so tell me a little bit about the environment where you write your gratitude. Tell me a little bit about your mindset while you're doing your gratitude. You know, did yeah. it, did you do it right before, you know, before you had your coffee, which is fine. I'm not, you know, sure. yeah, don't be too <laughs> caffeinated, but some people need to have a sip of a coffee first. Right. <laughs> to wake up right their brain people. a little bit. Yeah. 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 So pay attention to what were you doing right before you start to write down your gratitude? Where were you? And definitely plan ahead. I like that because I really like the idea of having an app. I really like the idea of scheduling it and even putting it in your phone. You know, for a long time during the the first few months of the pandemic, I actually put different personal growth goals in my calendar. And I would, they would pop up, you know, my phone as a, as a notification. And I would just say, oh, okay, I need to be reminded of that. Oh, that reminds me of this. Oh, okay, what am I going to do about that? And I think that even just to start yourself on that process or start cultivating that in your life, it's a great thing just to put it in your calendar every, you know, twice a day or something, or even once a day just to, and I like also that you said, you know, you just take three minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is. It's not going to take you an hour and a half or something. So It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and may I also say, since gratitude is, you know, practice of keeping a gratitude journal is an action step that you, uh, you know, an action you need to follow through. A lot of times, I, I'm sure this will, you know, make, you know, make sense to a lot of people. We wait till we feel ready. Mm. to do anything right Right. Uh, we wait till it's the right time right place right you know thing we wait till we feel like it to do it we wait till we feel ready or motivated to do it Mm -hmm. and that is I'm sure I I read at least among many many books on personal development that that is a recipe for failure it's a recipe to be stuck because all these books keep saying you got to go ahead and start. You cannot wait for the feelings to show up first. Like mm-hmm. one of the favorite phrases I was just sharing with a client earlier today that said, act the way you want to feel. Mm-hmm. So if you want more gratitude in your life, act it out. Like start writing your gratitude journal, no matter how fake it feels, just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. I love that. Yeah. I have said many, many times that we want to feel our way into a better way of acting. And, but we can act our way into a better way of feeling and our brains will work both ways. It's just harder the other way. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's true. And it's it is. hard. It's hard to do when you don't feel like it. But I think I the feelings it. are also very dominant. Like mm-hmm. feelings are very strong. We, we feel it in every part of our body. You know, the amygdala is very mm-hmm. strong. So I know why feelings are so like 
I'm, you know, we are so wired to pay attention to the way we feel and wait for the feelings first. Like I, nor, like I really normalize that, that yes, feelings are a key player in our lives. So no wonder we've been so wired to pay, wait till we feel a certain way to do what's best for us. Mm-hmm. But again, we can have conscious conversations to say, no, 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 no. Let's try this other way around first. Mm-hmm. Let's act the way we want to feel. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay. Is there anything else you want to say about gratitude before we move on? You know, I think one other thing I want to say about gratitude is how much it also helps. You know, I know we talked about self-love and self-compassion, but it also does install trust and confidence. That's fascinating. Trust and confidence in ourselves, in the people that we're grateful for. Yep. Yeah, everything. In, in, in everything, in our higher power, it could be, Absolutely. or again, in us, because mm-hmm. once I realize what I, I have in my life that is so valuable to me, which again, what that thankfulness is, I, I, I say thank you to those things that I value in my life that I'm so thankful to have in my life, that I might also feel protected by them mm-hmm. and have a sense of trust that no matter what the day brings, I will be all right. Mm, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for sharing everything. (laughs) Like there's some really great, great information and great wisdom there. Um, Thank you so much. I want to, before we go, have you tell us anything you want people to know about your practice or any other offerings that you are offering all of us out here? Well, if I may share, one of the first things I want to share with people is my website because I have a lot of free resources there. I have like a five-day anxiety challenge. I have other um, free resources there. So my website is www.embracingyoutherapy.com. And there I can also share about a course I'm developing on perfectionism and how to break up with perfectionism. So I know that conversation about gratitude will make it to the course module. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that, you know, perfectionism can get in the way from us practicing gratitude. Because yes. we think we must be perfect in order to be thankful for things. So that's definitely something I'm very passionate about. If anybody feels interested, they can visit the website. And you can also find me on Instagram. My handle is dr.menij. So Dr. Minisha. Thank you so much for the, I'm excited about that course. Thank you. I have to look at that and I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to do that. I will put all of that, all of those links in the show notes so people can get to those right away. So before we go, I want to ask you the last three questions, three questions I ask everybody in my podcast. So I'm excited about this. (laughs) You're, you look excited about it. (laughs) So the first question is, I would love to hear an event that changed you. So I don't mean to sound like a cop out, but I am going to go back to the to time in my life where I moved to the States. And it's a huge um, event, right? It is. It is a huge event. It, it is. It, it's one of those events. I can't help but wonder what if I didn't move here? What if I stayed in the country I was born? Or what if my family moved to another country? And it does take you into this kind of like a wild mental travel of how, you know, am I who I am as a therapist because of this experience? And so it's it's a it's a point of my life that um, that I can't help but feel like has really 
change the direction of my life. And I am thankful for all the opportunities and all the lessons I learned from it. Mm. That's a huge event. Thanks. I would love to hear that whole story at some point. Okay, we're going to move on. A person who changed you. My daughter. Oh. Yeah. How did she change you? It's, I always wanted to have a girl. I, I had a brother and I was, I'm the, you know, second child and I was a girl and I grew up with that traditional, like, you know, your brother, you know, follow your brothers, you know, like advice or, you know, things of that sort. And I always wanted to have a girl. And when we bought our house, I told my husband the first night we were here that I would, I can imagine our daughter running down the hallway. So oh. when she came into my life and I remember when I was pregnant and was like, what, six weeks, eight weeks pregnant and she's a raspberry. Right. I, I remember as silly as it sounds, I would tell her to not leave me and to stick around and stay with me. And obviously she did. And she came into this world. Um, so I, she's a reason that I have to become a better version of myself. Oh. That's wonderful. Being a mom totally changes people, mm-hmm. totally changes them. And as a woman raising a daughter, it just it's means something special. It's precious. I have three daughters and oh. I, I love them all. And I have a son too. <laughs> I know. We love sons I too. love him too. He's, he's wonderful. He made me a mama. Aww. So yeah, he's the oldest. Yeah. It's quite an adventure to raise girls. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The last question is a book that changed you. Brene Brown, Gifts of Imperfections. Ah, I love Brene Brown. She's one of my heroes for sure. So she really, really is. She's, she really is. Gifts of Imperfection. Fabulous book. Uh, yeah, that's a, that is a must read for every person. Thank you for sharing that. Nobody else has said that on my podcast before. And that is probably one of my favorite books. It really is. I, I meant it from the bottom of my heart, that book. Um, I read about 10 years ago and it really helped me actually process so much things about myself and where I was, where I was not being a good friend to myself. So it, that book is precious. Well, thank you very much, very, very much for the conversation and for, for joining us here and all the information and great insight that we got today. Thank you so much for having me here. First of all, I genuinely uh, appreciate being here and talking to you just filled my cup for for today. So I really loved it. Good. Well, we will talk soon. I know. I'm going to look up your your course. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk soon. Okay. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes And you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.